Board Round, session number 18. The moment you step foot on campus as a medical student, you are gearing up for one of the biggest tests you'll ever have to take, USMLE Step 1 or Comlex Level 1. The medical school headquarters and board vitals are going to help you prepare for your first board exam with questions, pearls of information, and guidance to make sure you have what it takes to score high and match into your specialty of choice. Welcome to Board Rounds. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, and I am excited that you have taken the time to join us today. As always, I am joined by Dr. Karen Shackelford from Board Vitals to talk about USMLE and Comlex preparation to help you on your journey to getting the score you need to get the specialty of your choice. If you haven't yet checked out Board Vitals, go to boardvitals.com. You can use the promo code BOARDROUNDS to save 15%. Board Vitals has a huge database, a huge question bank to help you get the practice that you need to get the score that you need. Again, boardvitals.com. Use the promo code BOARDROUNDS. That's all capital letters, all one word to save 15% off of your QBank purchase. Let's go ahead and jump in and hear today's question. Karen, back with some more board rounds. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. How about you? I am doing well. Thank you. What do we have in store for us today? Well, we have um, an older patient, not elderly, but older patient, who comes in with a painful rash. Okay. We have a 64-year-old female who presents complaining of a severe painful rash that is localized to the left side of her upper back and neck. She notes that the area of the rash feels hot and burning and extremely painful. She is otherwise healthy with no significant past medical history. On exam, her vital signs are within normal limits. And her exam is significant primarily uh, because she has a large red vesicular rash running along her left shoulder in confluent patches. And it also uh, runs into the left side of her neck. She remarks that the, the lesions were smaller a few days ago and they quickly started to bubble over into larger bulla. Uh, the physician performed a zinc smear to confirm her suspicions, and she found the test to be positive for multinucleated giant cells. Um, the cognitive agent will have which of the following characteristics? Are you ready? Let's go. Okay. Uh, first option A is gram positive, catalase positive, beta hemolytic and arranged in clusters. The second option is branching pseudo-hi-fi with budding yeast cells. The third option is enveloped virus with double-stranded DNA. And the fourth option is enveloped uh, virus with positive strand RNA virus. Which of the four? Yes. So... It's it's funny as you're going through, or if I was reading this, I'd be like, herpes, 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 right? It's like the answer choice has to be herpes. Then you get down to the answer choices. Darn it, none of them says herpes. Um, it's one of those like <laughs> second removed, third removed type questions, which are always frustrating for the boards. But um, so the first two are uh, obviously 
or one of them was bacteria. One of them sounded like a fungus, I think, the branching hyphae. Um, so I'm left with C or D, both uh, DNA and RNA. Uh, and, and it would have to be an, an educated guess as to which one, because I don't remember specifically, but I, I, if I would have an educated guess, it would be C, the double-stranded DNA. And you would, as usual, guess right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you're really good at this. Um, yeah, it is, uh, obviously, as you said, it's, well, it's varicell, it's ostrovirus, which like, was the first thing that came to my mind. Shingles, uh, the zinc smear is positive. With, um, well, positive is a bad word. The zinc smear will reveal multinucleated giant cells also in um, HSV1, herpes simplex 1 and 2, um, as well as Molluscum contagium and Pemphigus vulgaris. Mm-hmm. And, so, you know, some other findings that you, that you would probably see on on the zinc smear uh, would include um, acanthalytic cells and keratinite keratinocyte ballooning. So, but this test is not typically performed. Um, usually, it's a clinical diagnosis, but it can be performed in the office for rapid diagnosis of somebody who uh, may be immunocompromised and have an atypical-looking lesion or atypical presentation, and. Even then, in those cases, uh, a PCR is pretty rapid. You can usually get it back in about a day, and it's pretty universally available. So, but I think this is this falls under the microbiology. What what does you know? And, and zinc smear is certainly what we all think we all think of. Yeah, herpes and varicella, um, zoster. So, yeah, very okay. good. And what about the other answer choices? <clears throat> Alrighty, um, the other answer choices. Option one, gram-positive, catalase-positive, beta-hemolytic, arranged in clusters is staph, which is a good choice for a skin infection. Um, So staph aureus. Uh, The second choice, as you guessed, was a fungus. The branching um, acetohyphi and budding yeast cells. So, yeah, and that's uh, a fungal species like candida. Uh, can cause a really nasty rash, but for one thing, it wouldn't be vesicular, nor would it be dermatomal, which is what this question suggests. All right, so the thing about the varicella uh, zoster uh, virus is that it is latent in the sensory ganglion, so it tends to erupt along one or two contiguous dermatomes, although you can see, uh, you know, it can erupt outside of the dermatome. It's just not. It, it's not going to be a big eruption. You might have one or two vesicles scattered somewhere else from reactivation of those, uh, those viral particles. Anyway, uh, the last answer, which was your second favorite option, I guess, uh, enveloped a positive strand RNA virus is uh, rubella. And rubella, well, this is what the author was thinking of, um, causes a rash, obviously, and it usually tested for uh, by an ELISA test for IgM antibodies. Uh, if the test is needed, not the zinc smear. So that is that's that. Those are your options. Good job, though. All right. Any other interesting information about the herpes virus <laughs> that may be good for the boards? Yes, I think um, I think that this is a common uh, test question. Uh, for all, you know, shelf exams and board exams. 
uh, it's a pretty commonly seen condition. And about 30% of Americans will have it at some point in their life you know, from re- reactivation of virus. I think one thing I think the boards uh, often ask, well, of course, you have to know that it causes two clinically distinct diseases, chicken pox, obviously. And then um, you need to know about chicken pox is that they're vesicular lesions uh, on an erythematous base, but they're in different stages of development. So that's always a key piece of information they, they mention whenever they describe chicken pox. Concentrated on the face and the trunk, and it's an airborne virus um, that invades the lymphoid tissue and the, the um, nose or nasopharynx. And I think um, those are like key four things. The virus overcomes local host defenses. Uh, the epidermal cells usually react by making alpha interferon. So that's the incubation period. And when the virus can overcome the local host defenses, then um, you get a viremia and the virus downregulates your immune response through a variety of different mechanisms, like um, inhibition of the expression of interferon response genes, major histocompatibility one genes. They're just a variety. I don't think those particular mechanisms are that important. But then when the virus uh, remains latent for years in the sensory ganglia, latent for years in most cases, and uh, you're more at risk at uh, reactivation as you get older because you have a diminished T-cell response. And that's the same reason, or at least that's what it's thought to be, uh, the same reason that people with immunocompromise are more likely to erupt with shingles. Um, of course, everybody needs to know that it's a uh, unilateral vesicular eruption, usually in the dermatome. And uh, the viral, uh, the reactivated varicella can travel either way. The virus can travel peripherally, you know, goes from the sensory ganglion and go antegrade down the sensory nerve. It'll result in a skin infection or the rash, the characteristic rash. It can also reactivate and move centrally uh, from the ganglion. And that is just more likely to happen in somebody with, with pretty severe immunocompromise. But that results in some of the complications associated with herpes zoster, like meningitis and cephalitis. And then some of the syndromes, um, a couple of things the board, boards, I think, like you to know are about Ramsey-Hunt syndrome. It's a random thing, but uh, it's it, it occurs whenever the virus replicates in the genicul- geniculate ganglion and travels down the eighth nerve, and it causes, uh, you'll have vesicles on the auricle or in the ear canal. It's um, lateral facial paralysis. And uh, yeah, so that, that the other thing that uh, everybody wants you to know about, and this is including my emergency medicine uh, board review, is uh, herpes ophthalmicus, which is a, a pretty significant complication. And you need to recognize it really early on when you get, uh, because it can cause blindness, loss of sight. You can get herpes keratitis and you can get acute retinal uh, retinal necrosis. So, of course, the treatment is going to be an antiviral like valcyclovir or uh, Famcyclovir, I think. Post-herpetic neuralgia is another big complication. It's severe, significant pain. So it's like three out of 10 and higher for about 90 days or more. And um, some people can have sensory changes. It can be intensely pruritic. And it's pretty much... Yeah, so for the the ophthalmic involvement, (laughs) I remember... 
when when I was uh I think it was during my internship year, uh the the attending was was pointing out we had somebody with Zoster and the attending was pointing out, I always look at the tip of the nose to see if there's any eye involvement. Right, right. Because the yeah, the eye involvement is the ophthalmic branch, the trigeminal nerve. And I I believe that like lesions I know in a majority case, I'm not sure exactly, but I mean, it's not pathognomonic for you're going to get um, ophthalmicus, but lesions on the vesicular lesions on the nose and that nerve distribution are pretty worrisome. So yes, you have to be aware of that. Yeah. All right. There you have it. Another question for you. Another learning opportunity, hopefully some more key points, some more pearls as we call them in the medical world to help you get the score you need on your board exam. Again, go to boardvitals.com. Use the promo code BOARDROUNDS. It's all capital letters, one word, to save 15% off of your QBank purchase. Whether you're studying for Comlex or USMLE, Board Vitals has the QBank that you need to help prepare you the best possible way. Again, boardvitals.com. Use the promo code BOARDROUNDS. Have a great week. We'll see you next time here on Board Rounds.